hatred and forgiveness. I just watched a Joyce Myers show and she was talking about hatred and forgiveness. It's something that I've been struggling a lot with lately. Like I'm entitled to hate. It's justified. There's an excuse. But in God's word and in God's testimony, there's no excuse or justification for hate. Hate just eats away and erodes at us. And as I was sitting here praying and asking God to show me the areas that I need to forgive, I was taken back to my father, Ray, and... I didn't realize that I'm angry at him. I'm angry at him for abandoning me at a little, such a little, as a little girl. Three. He didn't love me enough to stay. He didn't love me enough to try to be better. That devaluing has stayed with me my whole life. I have a fear of losing people that I love. Because he did, he just left. And at three, we understand a lot. We see a lot, we feel a lot. And nobody, nobody validated me. Nobody was concerned with my emotions then. He was in trouble with the law all the time. He was into drugs. So from the time that I was born to the time that he left, he was in and out, gone for a week or two at a time. My mom had no idea where he went. Um, he was unfaithful to her. He was in trouble with the law. And from the time I was born till the time he left, they would have drug raids at the house. And literally my mom said that we would all be home doing things, him not there, of course. And the police would just barge in the house, guns pointed at us. My mom would be walking up the stairs with groceries in her hands and me in her arms and on her hip. And police would come out of the woods around the house with guns pointed at us looking for him, wanting to know where he was. I had to overcome anxieties of um, being afraid of people breaking into my home, strangers, not knowing where this anxiety came from, but it was paralyzing to me. And I remember I would just cry because the fear was so strong with my ex-husband, Tim, my oldest daughter's father. He's a wonderful man, by the way. But that's a story for another time. But I would just be paralyzed with this overwhelming anxiety and fear that people were just going to barge into our house and take us over and we weren't going to have any control or say in the matter. And I used to just... I remember asking God one day, where is this coming from? Why this fear? 
why am I so fearful of this? What is it? And he showed me that it was because of those drug raids when I was a child. It instilled that fear in me. It's from a baby to a toddler. Once God showed me that, I was able to overcome that because I knew where it came from. God doesn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I say that a lot because I do have a lot of fears. When I was three, he was running from the law and he decided to flee. And we lived in New Hampshire at the time. I remember fights. I was little. I remember one fight where they were in the kitchen and I was standing under the table. I was sitting or standing. I don't remember. Probably had my blankie with me, sucking my thumb. And I remember just seeing their legs and their waists from the waist down. And they were yelling and screaming at each other. I remember watching this. I was probably younger than three. And I have that memory, that vision. And then he decided to run, flee. And he told my mom to take her to... He told my mom to take him to New York. That's where he was going to flee to. So, I had to ask my mom a lot of questions when I got older. Details. As I started putting things together for my own life and for why I was the way that I was and why I had the issues that I had. and I know that she put me in the back seat at three years old and the two of them in the front seat and drove to New York. Now, I don't remember the details of what happened because I was too young. I vaguely remember. There's just a hint of a memory of sitting in that back seat and seeing the two of them sitting up there. And the story my mom gave me was... We got in the car and drove him to New York, and she was very stressed out and very upset, and they fought a lot on the way up there, and then he said goodbye to us, and we left. And I went through counseling in my 20s, and it started to come out, all these memories. So I asked my mom one day, I said, Mom, I was three. I I had a three-year-old at the time. And I remember looking at her thinking, what would it be like for her to watch her parent just up and leave and never come back? To watch the fighting, the drama that must have taken place that day. I can't even imagine. And I witnessed it all. And having four children at three years old, they're very intelligent. They absorb everything. They watch and observe Now, in a healthy family, when a child is upset, a parent validates their feelings. They comfort them. They love them. They let them know that they're safe. So I asked my mom one day, Mom, when I was sitting in that back seat after 
Ray left, and after I witnessed everything and saw you all upset and emotional, what what did what did I do? What happened to me? How did I deal with that? And her response was, you know, I don't know. I was so upset and so stressed out. I never thought about it. And that broke my heart. That broke my heart for that three-year-old little girl. Because I think at that moment, she was taught that she is left to deal with those heartbreaks and that trauma and being scared and fearful and the anxieties. She was left to deal with this all by herself. Nobody else was there to notice. Nobody else was there to hold her. Nobody else was there to protect her, tell her that she's loved, that she's precious, that she's okay, that it's okay to be scared, that it's okay to be fearful. I didn't have that. It's kind of how it played out for the rest of my life pretty much. She married my dad, who adopted me when I was in second grade. And Ray never contested the adoption, never anything, never sent me birthday cards. Every year that made me sad, like he doesn't even acknowledge my birthday. So when I was in second grade, my father adopted me, Ron. And he was abusive. Treated my mom awful. He was abusive to me physically, verbally, emotionally, sexually. I need to forgive him for that. I've cut him out of my life. When I started having kids and the way he would tickle them and touch them, I couldn't handle it. I hated being around him always made me uncomfortable so the healthy thing to do is to draw that boundary and cut him out of our lives and I don't think there's anything wrong with that forgiveness doesn't mean continuing a relationship with an abusive person it doesn't mean allowing them to be around you it doesn't mean that you're to just keep putting up with it and putting yourself in the position that's dangerous or makes you uncomfortable Forgiveness is not being angry at that person anymore and praying for them and hoping that God loves them and continues to love them. That doesn't mean that you have to keep that door open to allow them in your life to keep abusing you. And then My current husband, of course, is, I've been with him for almost 17 years. He is a true narcissist. And he is extremely abusive, verbally, emotionally, mentally, and physically in the past. So as I watch this Joyce Myers, and I was praying and asking God to Help me to forgive these men in my life that have done nothing but hurt and wound, devalue, disrespect, abuse me. 
Yes, God. Why? Why, why couldn't that little girl have a daddy that just loved her? My mom says he did. She said when I was around him when I was a little girl that my real father this is, and he did love me, that I was always with him. I look just like him. So I guess I got little glimpses of those, but I don't remember. Where was my dad when I needed to feel safe? Where was my dad when I wanted to be protected, when I had a problem? I was just taught to deal with all that stuff by myself. At a young age, I came to know the Lord, thank God. I can't imagine if I had lived a life without him. The hopelessness. I had so many fears and anxieties growing up. I still do. I'm learning where to place them and how to deal with them as I get older. Um, but even at a young age, with the relationship that I had with my adopted dad, I would pray. And at night when I was fearful and anxious and couldn't sleep and felt alone, I would get out my Bible and I would open up Psalms. And I would just read Psalms until I fell asleep. And it's what gave me peace. It's kind of funny right now as I'm talking about it. I just realized that David is one of my favorite, favorite stories in the Bible. The heart that he had for God. A heart like his. David's the one that wrote the Psalms. I'm just realizing now, I'm putting them together. I didn't realize that when I was younger. But he is one of my favorites. He just loved God so much. But yet he sinned. He did awful things. But he never... And he had consequences for those, but he never wavered. He came back to the Lord and just loved him. And God adored David. He adored him. There was a special relationship there between them, and I desire that same heart and that same relationship. But it's funny that that's what brought me my peace growing up, my Bible, the Psalms. So I hate my husband, I do. And God has really been working on my heart lately on that one. It shows. He told me the other day, your face is so ugly. Your body is ugly. And you're just full of hate. And it just shows all over you. And I'm thinking, yeah. And I deserve to hate you. I only hate you. And I deserve to hate you. Well, the truth is, I don't. I don't deserve to hate him. Has he done things that are hate-worthy? Yes. Has he wounded me over and over and over and over and over and over again? Yes. But I don't deserve to hate. I'm not entitled to hate. And the epiphany I just got talking to God about it was 
hating him hinders me from God's love and God's own forgiveness. God will not forgive us. It talks about this in Matthew. That if we hate, we are if we hate another, God is not free to forgive us. Because hate is sin. I don't want this man that has wounded me over and over and over again to hinder me from God's love and forgiveness because I can't forgive him. I don't want to give him that power. I don't want to give him the ability to hinder my relationship with the Lord and God's forgiveness. I'm not worthy of God's forgiveness. I've done plenty, but he does love me. He adores me. He's the daddy that I have never had. But I am not. I just realized I don't, I don't, I don't want to be so full of hate for this person. And that that's actually keeping me from my relationship with the Lord. It's kind of an epiphany for me. It was kind of powerful, profound. I love God too much. To let a person keep me from him. So I need to really work on that now. I need to work on being kinder. Hate is a condition of the heart. And I don't want to have a hateful heart. I want to have a heart like God's. And I'm going to create my healthy boundaries. I have a little girl that's 11. She doesn't have a daddy that loves her like my oldest daughter does, and it makes me sad. She just told me last night, her father was treating her awful last night. And I stand off in a distance. I don't get involved, but I watch and I wait to see if I need to intervene. And then I'm there for her after so she can hug me and be sad and I can tell her that I love her and I can tell her that I'm sorry that she hurts and I can tell her that she's precious and I can tell her that it's not fair and I can tell her that I understand how she feels and that she's not alone and last night we were cuddled and she looked at me and she said she was so sad and I said you're sad aren't you and she said yes and I said why sweetheart and she said because I feel like I'm treated like trash. That's my 11-year-old little girl. And see, that's, that's how she feels. Like she's treated like trash. I had to clarify with her by who. I didn't even know if she meant in general she said, no, my daddy. Can you imagine? 11 years old. And you feel like you're treated like trash. <clears throat> I had to tell her, she's not trash. I said, oh, sweetheart, you're not trash. But you're a precious gift. You're beautiful. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. You are made in the image of God. 
And he made you just the way you want it to be. He wants you to be. And that's perfect. And just because somebody else doesn't see that in you, that's their bad, not yours. It doesn't change what God has made you to be. Just precious and beautiful and perfect and wonderful. A gift, a gift to me. I hope, and I told her I love your sassiness because she will fight her daddy. She will stand up to him. She's defended him in my honor before when he's been attacking me. She tells him to shut up. She puts herself in harm's way. And I told her last night, I love your sassiness that God gave you. I love your strength. I don't want it to be broken. I don't want it to go away. I want it to always be there because I love it about you. It's hard to watch. They all have to go through their own journey. I wish that I could have protected them from this. All three of my children that I have with him. They all have issues now because of his narcissistic abuse. each one of them dealing with it different. Even my oldest, who's not his daughter, lives with us, and she has issues because of it. The ripple effect that this man has created in people's lives, the damage that he has done in people's lives, the hurts, the wounds, layer upon layer upon layer upon layer. It's, uh, it's mind-boggling. I just have to keep reminding myself that... God is bigger than this. Romans 8, 28. Anna Weiss's favorite verse. All things work together for the good of those that love God. She used to say that all the time. I have to believe that in this. But forgiveness. Forgive. Don't let the person that you hate be what keeps God from loving and forgiving you. They're not worth it. God is.